When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Cott and I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports' Michael Gannon and Craig Swan. Guys, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing, chaps? Good, Daniel. Michael, how are you? All, All well, thanks. mate? All well. This is, this is my favourite time of the week, guys, so can I complain? Um, the... How bad is your week? Monday. <laughs> 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 exactly, I know it's peaked, peaked in Monday afternoon Favourite part of Monday <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the best place for us to start is obviously at Dingwall um, Celtic 2 wins from 2 now in the Premiership 3-1 um, win over Ross County at the weekend But Craig, it, was, uh, it wasn't it was wasn't straightforward, not that anyone expected it would be It wasn't straightforward in the timing of the goals um, In terms of the Obviously, if you, if it gets to six minutes to go and it's one one, then obviously it's it's slightly concerning for the Celtic supporters. But in terms of the performance, Celtic were in com- complete control throughout the game. Um, should have led at half time, dominated pretty much from start to finish. Ross County got an equaliser from a set piece, and then maybe had five ten minutes after that when when Joe Hart had to come up trumps for a save. But in general, I mean, Celtic will play worse than that and win games three or four now. Um, it's just one of them with it. They just kind of get the second goal and then lost an equal. So, in terms of the timing of the goals and the, the, the sort of goals that clinched the game to make it two one and three one, then yeah, it would have been relatively stressful. But at the game, I was at the game myself, and there was always a feeling that Celtic would score again. So, as they as they as they do often, but and and I think the key thing is there's never any sense of panic within the team. Keep playing the same way, nice and calm, nice and patient. There's no. I mean, we saw that all through last season. I don't think that's telling anybody anything they don't know. Mm-hmm. And they just keep doing the same things. Patience, patience, patience. And we know they'll wear teams down and they'll get in because they've got quality. And they did it again. And Mick, it was a, a debut goal for um, for Jens, Moritz Jens, and from the start. Um, good header and a good performance. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty decent. Um Maybe question marks about the, the Ross County goal. I thought he maybe caught under the ball a wee touch. I don't know. Um, I swore he was closer to the action than I was. He will tell you. Um, but in general, I think he's, he's looked apart. I, I got a ball playing centre back. Um, I think he's looked good. It's, it's noticeable that, that Celtic have uh, what, scored about five goals now in two games. Two of them come from centre halves, which is um, I'm sure we pleased the, the manager with Stephen Welsh on the first day. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then Jens popped up one as well. So yeah, it's it's good to see your, your defenders weighing in. Um, I think Celtic in the last few years maybe haven't maybe scored enough of those kind of goals, kind of balls in the box and set pieces and all that stuff. Um, so that that all goes well. I think the word that Swan used there was inevitability about Celtic's winning the weekend. I think that there isn't any sense of panic, even the, even the clock's ticking because they're creating so many chances, aren't they? Um, it's amazing to think, I say they scored five goals in their first two games, and you're thinking, maybe the cutting edge isn't quite there yet, it's early in the season, it's only two games in, 
So they haven't quite found their, their, their real cutting edge, and yet they scored five goals in two games. So there's more to come. Um, so yeah, I think it's been a, it's a, a really good, good positive start to the season with Celtic. I think they look in really good shape, um, and I think there's more to come. You certainly just to pick up on a thing Michael said there, uh, Daniel. I'm not sure what was shown on the television highlights or what everybody saw, but Michael's right. Jens was caught at the goal. Um, it wasn't the first time it happened in the first half as well. Yakovici got away the one chance Ross County had and headed over the bar. So he's there to stop the ball going in his own net. Um, but you don't want to be too critical or judge too much after the first game. He was certainly comfortable on the ball. And what I will say is he made a couple of very important interventions mm-hmm. in the game as well. Good tackles, read the game quite well. I know he was booked, but the guy kind of ran right through him. I don't think there was anything he could do about that. Um, so yeah, he looked, he looked all right, but the the number one priority is to keep the ball out your own net and uh, winning headers and set plays is against is key. With with, uh, with Starfield back to full fitness now, would you imagine he comes back in for the the game next weekend against Kilmarnock? I would, I would straight back in. I, w- I would think as soon as he's ready to go. But whether that will be this Sunday, I don't know because um, Ange Postecoglou has made it clear he's not going to rush anyone. Um, Starfield's had one full week's training. This will be the second week's training. Uh, you would assume there'll be a bounce game in there somewhere or a eleven against eleven somewhere um, to get him some game time, but. It'll just depend on whether he wants to bring him back on the artificial pitch on Sunday um, for that game, whether he feels he's up to speed or not. I think if once Carl Starfield's up to speed, I'm pretty certain he'll be the, he'll be the choice alongside Cameron Carlevickers. And Mick, he, he didn't have a great deal to do, Joe Hart, but he pulled off a brilliant save at 1-1, a, a, a potentially crucial save to, to keep Celtic level. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what he's there for. That's, that's the reason why... Celtic went and brought in a, a keeper of that quality because he can produce those moments. It takes a it takes a special kind of goalkeeper to play for for Celtic and and indeed indeed Rangers when you go through periods of games where you have nothing to do, and, and then you're called on to make big saves out of the blue. I think Fraser Forster was great at it, wasn't he as well? He was sit twiddling his thumbs for for eighty nine minutes and then pull off a great save. Uh, and that's these these are guys that earn you points. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a, a particularly crucial part of the game. And he's made a, a really good save, and it's it's helped contribute towards three points. And it, but we may get lost in the wash most weeks; those kind of moments. But I think Joe Hart is probably worth, I don't know, hard to quantify, isn't it? Maybe ten to twelve points a season for Celtic. Is that fair, I think, Swanee? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, think that's, very... that's, that's a lot of points in a title race. Um, and I think they saw it with the with the, um, the season before last. When Celtic didn't really have anyone making those big saves. Uh, in big moments, in games that 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 don't really get caught up in the highlights reel, do you know what I mean? The, the, when it's one each in Dingwall and you go and win three one, that's a moment that's forgotten about. But it's a huge moment, and you take it for granted. But it has to be done. That it has to be done, and that's that's why Celtic have got this guy in there. He's, he's top notch. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Listen, as, as all goalkeepers, he's, he's got the odd little moment in him at times, but. The, the the checks and balances are more than way up because he makes these saves that that, that count in the long run. Mm-hmm. It was a reminder, Swanee, that that Hart has just been a he's been a brilliant signing for Celtic. Outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I think he's listen. You shouldn't overplay the or surely underplay the ability, as Michael says. That you know that just the sheer quality of the goalkeeping. Um, I do think the presence, the stature of him when he came in last season was very important. He's a big personality who had done a lot in the game. 
And I think at that time, when Celtic needed steady and needed some calming influences, he was a great guy to have around. I think the Celtic fans have bought into him. I think Joe Hart certainly bought into Celtic, which has been a big part of it as well. He seems to really get it and really enjoy it. Um, and He's been asked to play a, an important role for Ange Postacol. And I think Celtic fans have to understand or accept that this season, Celtic will probably lose two terrible goals through Joe Hart having to play high up the pitch. That's the way Ange Postacoglu wants to do it. He wants him to play high. He wants him to, you know, get involved almost and, and play in almost in a, laughably almost in a back three when Celtic have got possession. I'm exaggerating there, but you know what I mean. Um, the high starting line and, and 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 the way they play it. We saw it all through last season. They take chances, but the amount of goals Celtic will score off it. Mick used the phrase there, checks and balances. Celtic will score 20 to 25 goals this season because of the way they build it through the game. Mm-hmm. The way they, they, they take chances and play it out and play through the lines and they get in. And they'll score 25 or 30 goals through doing that this season. So when the one or two come, which inevitably will, there'll be a day when someone robs the keeper or something happens and it'll be seen as a calamity. Hopefully for Celtic, it'll be when they're 4-0 up one day and not at one all or 0-0 in a game. It will happen. But the positives far outweigh the negatives. He's, he's, I think he um, touched, touched on this one. He's, he's, um, his enthusiasm has brought has brought a lot to that dressing room as well, isn't it? Miss a guy, what, 35, 36 years old, he's been there, done it, won leagues in England, played 75 times for England. I mean, I'd, ridiculous that it was actually people last season questioning his signing. I mean, it's actually preposterous, a guy that calibre. Um, but he's come in and he, he could have been a guy. It would have been ridiculous enough if he was replacing Fraser Foster. He was replacing Vatalaz Barkas. Still, people think it wasn't a good idea. It was, it was crazy stuff. But, but listen, we know we've seen guys that come up to Scotland that that kind of time in their careers, and they haven't really had that kind of enthusiasm about them. I mean, they've, they've kind of they've kind of pitched up like tourists. They've kind of thought, oh, you know what? I fancy a wee bit of that atmosphere up there and all that. So I'll go up there and I'll do all right. It's only Scotland. And they completely get bombed out. We've seen guys in the last 20, 30 years doing the same thing. Big names that have come up and just completely tanked up here in that environment. But as he's come in and he's had this enthusiasm, and he, like you say, he's really bought into it. And he, and he's, he sets a big standard for those around about him as well in training and on the pitch. And I think he, he was a, a huge figure in, in last year's league win. Um, and you can see he's, he's thrown himself into it. And I was hearing, um, apparently he was, he was down south back home his family at the weekend, they want, some of them are new down there, bumped into him, and his, his son's running about wearing his shirt to awake it. Hmm. I mean, he's just absolutely bought into it. And that's the kind of thing that punters, no wonder they love him, because he's been he's been superb for them. The one guy that we haven't mentioned yet um, from, from Saturday's game is uh, Yota, who was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Swanee, another couple of assists, and I saw this debate kind of going on, on social media yesterday, and I saw Scott Allen and Chris Boyd kind of talking about it on Sky Sports, but I, I would I would put it to you that he's the best player in the league right now. Right now, it's hard to argue. Um, I mean, everybody's entitled to an opinion of what they think, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. Personally, I would be in the camp that Jota's the most talented footballer in the country. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to accept that um, everybody has strengths in their own ways. You know, there'll be, you know, guys like Joseph Juranovic are tremendous as fullbacks, and Carter Vickers is great as a centre-half. You know, I'm just talking about Celtic here. Callum McGregor, to me, is an absolutely wonderful player and does things that Jota couldn't do, you know, in terms of gelling the team together and making the whole thing work. But if you're talking about just ability to create things and score goals and make goals and trickery, and then he's, he, 
to me, he's a, he's a level above a lot of players at the moment in Scottish but I would say he's the best for that. I would still say, as an all-round footballer, Callum McGregor's the best player in the country. But if you're talking about invention and creation and goals, then it's Jota. What do you think, Mick? Where would you rate him in, in the... I don't like I don't like agreeing wholeheartedly with Swanee at the best times, but I can't really <laughs> complain what he said there. I think he's, he's bang on. I think as an all-round football player, I think Callum McGregor's hard to top, really, in terms of if a guy can play anywhere on the pitch and still contribute to a high standard. Um, but in terms of, of ability and, and and outcome, I think Jota's hard to top in terms of in Scotland. I mean, you look at, he's, he's played two games, he's got a goal and three, and three assists, is that right, so far? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like, to talk about, see, you're attacking players, you love to see them beating a player, you love to see the tricks, the pace and all that stuff, the efforts, but you need to see end product. And sometimes the wingers, they can drive you nuts because they've got all that ability and all that stuff, and sometimes you don't get the end product. And these days, you know what it's like with the analytics and stats and all that stuff, you can't hide anywhere as an attacker these days because your numbers, you get assists and goal creations and XGs and all that stuff. Well, well Jota's got all that. They're off the no, chart. No. Did I see oh, it? No. Did I just see it? <laughs> <laughs> Is it G-X or X-G? Sorry, I'm never really sure. Yeah. But, but his, his, his numbers are off, are off the chart. So that what more do you need? There's a guy with, with uh, gets fans off the seats and he has an end product um, worth his weight in gold. And another uh, winger on the other side whose numbers are absolutely fantastic uh, is Leela Bada. Um he was talking in the build-up to the game, Swanee, about how he misses his big brother near Beaton and how he's he's kind of struggled a bit without him. But it didn't show in the pitch at the weekend. An absolute cracker to seal to seal the three points. In fairness, it hasn't showed from the minute he walked in the door at 19 in a strange country and scored in his debut against Mitchelland. I mean, I made a point in the match report today that Celtic really got going last year with Abada off the right, Jota off the left, and Jota through um, Kyogo through the centre. That was the three. When Celtic's bandwagon really got rolling last year through the through the autumn, they were the key men. Abada was absolutely brilliant. You, you forget that in that period just prior to Christmas when Kyogo was struggling with injury and Jack Marcus was there, Abada played up front as well. I mean, for a guy that young to adapt so quickly, um, he was... Nah, I don't know, Ange Postacoglu sees him in training every day. I don't know whether he saw a, a, just a small shading in form or whether he thought the boy needed refresh. But Dyson Maida obviously got the call over Abada for the majority of the sort of run-in last year, the sort of last 12-14 games. It was, Abada was mainly on the bench when Maida played. But whenever Abada plays, there's always, there's always something. To go back to Michael's phrase about Jota with end product, well, Abada gives you end product. Mm-hmm. Goal scoring record last year was excellent for the games that he played. People forget as well, he played more league games than anyone last year, Leila Bada, even though he didn't start as many as some. Yeah, so I think he played some of the 36 of the games. So for a young guy to do that, it shows he's robust. But again, he's quick, there's end product, his final pass is good. Well, it could be better at times. But I mean, he came on the pitch on Saturday, first act, skinned the fullback, lifted a lovely ball up for Matt O'Reilly, who really should have buried it. Um, for 2-0 right after Kyogo had scored the first goal his finish was out of this world we've seen him doing that sort of out turn run support line at the back post and score 19 goals last season Abada's top class mm-hmm. and at 20 years of age I don't know where he's going to end up in terms of his football career because he, he's got pretty much the lot yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely. Um, just to finish on the game at the weekend guys uh, Mick it was a kind of weird game again for for Kyogo, I thought 
Uh, he scored a really good goal, taken brilliantly. Um, but I think, I don't know, you, you guys might disagree, but he, I thought he's had quite a quiet opening start to the season. Uh, and I felt like at the weekend, it was maybe set up a bit more for, for Jackie Marcus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the point. I think he's such an explosive impact last season. Um, it's difficult. It's going to be difficult to kind of um, replicate that. Um, and I think a lot of his, his success last year was his unpredictability. I mean, he plays in a way that is not your typical centre forward. Uh, his movement is is unreal. Um, there's going to be games when it's it's hard to, to utilise that because defences are tight and organised and all that stuff. And that might have been one of those kind of games at, at, at the weekend. I think you might see the best of him in the big wide open spaces at, at, at Celtic Park and that kind of stuff. Um, I think Jackie Marcus is is obviously he missed a bit of, a wee bit of pre-season. Um, he's a great option to have as well. Um, I don't have any concerns about Kyogo really. I think he's going to be he's going to be lively again this year. I think a lot of these guys, I mean, especially Abada and, and Kyogo. I know that the manager um, keeps talking about improving all the time. That that's not always realistic. I mean, t- you can't just improve all the time. Otherwise, it'll end up playing for Real Madrid. Um, at some point, there's going to be wee dips and it's going to be hard to maintain. I'd be amazed if Abadak and, and, and Kyle can hit the heights achieved at some points last season for, for the whole campaign. There's going to be times when it slightly dips. Um, it's, it's a big ask for them to replicate that, that form they showed last season because they, they were so spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got the ability to do it. And I think Kyle will... He will score a barrel of goals because he's just a natural um, kind, of, kind of finisher as well. He's fin- he finishing in the weekend wasn't that straightforward. But he made it look easy, didn't he? Aye. Um, and that's what he does. I mean, look at his goals. And, and look back to the cup final last year. He made he made ridiculously hard goals look dead easy. So he, I don't think there's any concerns about him. I think he I think he will he will kick into gear. Um, and he'll he'll score a barrel load. I've no doubt about it. And the option, and certainly I've got the option of Jackie Marcus, who I think, I think certainly play well when he's in the team. I think he's a good focal point for them at times. Um, particularly away from home, I think if he'd played a bit more in pre-season, he might have started up there and think, well, um, so I, I, it's, it's a great option to have for Celtic, but I wouldn't have any concerns about Kyle Goss, for sure. It's a nice headache, Swanee, to have two quality forwards. No, exactly. I think there's, there's always been a situation um, at Celtic in recent times where there is a, you know, if you've got, say, in your head a main striker, if he doesn't play, it's a downgrade. You know, if Edward didn't start, it was a downgrade. If Dembele didn't start, it was a downgrade. I don't think, I think that's the beauty of it for Celtic now is if the team sheet comes out at Rugby Park on Sunday, I don't think any Celtic supporter will be bothered, whether it's Jackie Marcus or Kyogo. Mm-hmm. They know they're going to get a threat and they know there's every chance they're going to get a goal. So right. I, think, I think that's what the manager is trying to build. I mean, absolutely nothing against, you know, the lads that came in last season, but there was times when Celtic were using Adam Moffat and Joey Dawson had to come on at McDermott Bart and Leela Bada was filling in. And, you know, there was, I think, Michael might correct me in this. I think there may have been a home game with Motherwell when David Turnbull almost played up front. I didn't listen to that. You cannot avoid those situations without... You know, it's it's the opposite end of two pieces of strength. You, you, you cannot avoid a situation where if you build a good squad, you're going to have a situation where good players are going to be left out. That's yeah. just... So there's so, nothing you can do about it. And they're each as good as the other and each of their own qualities, but what they both guarantee is gold. And I don't, So I think however he chooses to mix and match it, switch them around, whatever, 
Oh, is that Swan just done a bonk midway through his point there? <laughs> That's um, we'll try and get him back in a wee second. Um, uh, I was just wondering uh, what one of them starts at Robbie Park next weekend. Um, because come on, I've got a, I've got a, a pretty brutish back back division. I mean, they're two, they're two centre halves are both six feet four, six feet five. Um, and the question I would I'd want to ask do you go with Jackie Marcus for the physical presence against those two? Or do you go for the wee guy in Kyogo who could maybe get in and use pace to kind of get them turning? Um, that's quite a neat, nice decision to have because if I'm dead McKinnis, I'm thinking, how, how's he going to play it? Um, got you back, Swanee. We lost you then. Ah, oh, sorry. I'm back. You know, put, you, know, you know, put 10 bob in the meter for your Wi Fi. <laughs> I was just asking Swanee, who do you play at Robbie Park? Uh, Jackie Marcus. It's, 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 kind of the, it's kind of the same. I mean, at halftime on Saturday, the majority of people who were watching the game, and I would bet the majority of Celtic fans that were in the stadium were looking for Jack and Marcus to come on at halftime because they thought, quite rightly, Ross County were, were not holding the high line, they were staying deep, they were staying compact, and Kyogo didn't have any spaces to run into, and it was it was hard for them. And you think Jack and Marcus is going to be more suited to that. And maybe he would have been, but within three minutes at halftime, Kyogo scored, so... I don't know from a freshness point of view, maybe Jackie Marcus because well, Jackie Marcus, Derek McInnes isn't going to set Kamark out to come out and play against Celtic. That's not going no, to happen. No, That's no, going to be an all pack no. defence. So, does that lean you towards Jackie Marcus? Possibly, quite possibly, because if you think about freshening the team up and keeping them, you know, and keeping them ticking over and giving everyone a chance, the following game Celtic play is then Hearts at Celtic Park. When, yeah. as you yeah. talk about the mass spaces, Hearts will come out and have a go against Celtic because they're a big team, a big team in Scotland, and they will try. And, and, and I'm not saying they're going to go gung ho, but you would imagine there'd be more room for Kyogo at Celtic Park. So if you're going to rotate it and change it, then maybe Jackie Marcus for Rugby Park. But as I said, if Kyogo gets in Northern Saturday, I don't think in Sunday, I don't think anybody's going to complain. But if it was me, I would maybe play uh, Jackie Marcus in Sunday. Well, see, that's the question. But, it was just mentioned there now that the, the, the Kelly um, centre-halves, I mean, the two of them are six feet four, six feet five, big guys, big physical guys. Um, the danger if you play um, Jack and Marcus, you may be tempted to try and match them physically. Um, and that's, a, that's maybe played in their hands. Do you play the wee guy with a bit of pace? But then they'll sit deep in the... It's a, it's a, I think it's a tricky one to work out the way to play it because it could go either way, couldn't it? But you just know, in your heart of hearts, you just know whichever one of them got, plays is going to score. Yeah. So, well, yeah. You know, that's the thing. You know, you're not leaving out a, the, the star striker to replace them with someone who's not as good as a backup. Yeah. It's, they're different styles to crack the same code, and inevitably one of them will. You've probably there's no doubt about that. Uh, away from uh, matters on the pitch, guys, um, since we last did the podcast, um, obviously the sad passing of, of John. Uh, Yogi Hughes, um, a genuine Celtic legend, Mick, and, and obviously I think a bit before our time, but 197 goals for Celtic, European Cup winner, uh, and as I say, a, a, a bona fide, you know, legend. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially I'm in from the east end of, of, of the city, and he came from this neck of the woods as well. Uh, a big name, big character. Um, I know he didn't play in the match in Lisbon, but definitely one of the Lisbon lines for sure. Um, made 11, 12 years at, at, at Celtic Park, the most successful period in the, the club's the club's history. Um, but I mean, before my time, uh, I didn't see I didn't see him. I'm playing obviously here, the, the stories and you know the, the tales. 
I think the the European Cup semi final goal against Leeds at Hamden in front of 140 odd thousand was it the record attendance in European football. Um, I think that's that's not a bad moment to go down in history for is it? Um, but yeah, it's sad. I mean, what's the 79? So I mean, not not particular, not that old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another one of these these greats that, that have gone, unfortunately. And it's a it's also a sad time for these for his family. But what a legacy he's left behind. And and Swanee, I was saying to Mick just before the podcast, 187 goals, European Cup, you know, like eight Scotland caps, which just seems absurd. Yeah, well, maybe just the way it was back then. I guess we you know, how the selection worked. Um, there's not much more I can add to what Mick said. Um, the, the guy was part of the Lisbon Lions unit and his fellow Lisbon Lion, Jim Craig, called him one of the greats. Mm-hmm. You can add anything to that. Absolutely. Um, right, guys, I think it's probably best to end today's podcast with a little bit of transfer talk. Uh, we're obviously still in the midst of uh, the, the transfer window. Lots of rumours on a daily basis. Uh, and I thought, Mick, it was interesting to see Ange Postacoglu in his press conference before the Ross County game say that Celtic are still active in the transfer window. Well, aye. I mean, he keep, he keep my door open. Um which is funny because in January they said he was done and signed about three more players, didn't he? <laughs> so I, I would take whatever managers say in transfer windows with a massive pinch of salt. Um, clearly he's keeping his options open. There's always, I mean, every manager wants to keep continually adding to his squad uh, and he's no different. Um, so I, I, I think he, he, being active in the market and being ready to move it and comes up, I think is is, is wise. Um, I think the squad is in decent shape just now. Um I think if you're going to actually improve the starting eleven to get those kind of players, I think costs a lot of money, and they spent a few quid already this this summer. Um, I think when I when I maybe not, maybe listen, it could it could change as we speak, right? You know how it works in the transfer market, and things can move quickly. But I think when a bit of a lull just now, I think Celtic might want to get some guys off the books first, um, some of the fringe guys that earn a few quid, and then get a few of them off the books to clear a bit of room. I wouldn't be surprised if we get towards the, the edge of the window, maybe make a move. I wouldn't be surprised seeing another one of these kind of, or one or two of these loan deals with a view to buy type situations, um, which kind of bumps into next summer's budget as well. Um, not that I think Celtic are tight for cash. I think they're plenty of dough just now, but um, having no sale, no real sales this summer uh, so far, um, you're always mindful of that kind of thing. So I, I think there will be movement. I think we're definitely guys leaving. And I think there'll be one or two coming in. It might be, might be loans, um, or it might be, um, say, kind of last minute additions that take the bolster a squad round the starting eleven. I think the starting eleven is, is fairly solid at the moment. Because um, you need to keep these guys happy as well. I still think you can do another midfield player maybe as well. Perhaps, um, and it depends on who goes out really. <clears throat> but yeah, there will be business. I think. And Swanee, do you think it's fair enough to say that it is probably players out, you know, the likes of McCarthy, Julian, Ayeti? There is, I mean, that's they were a lot of money between them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, even then, if, if they just go out on loan deals and sell them, have to cover some of that money as well. I mean, it's not quite as simple as just knowing that you're going to get them sold. I think Michael's right. It, it, it always works on a domino effect. The squad's pretty big at the moment. I think we're in a situation where, as Michael says, guys will have to leave the one you named. The ones you named look likely. Um, if Celtic can get takers for them, and then you maybe try and fill those spots. But again, it goes back to what Michael says: you don't want to bloat the squad if there's 
you know, if if Julian goes, does he feel that the four centre halves he's got and Welsh, Jens, Starfield, and Carlo Vax are the first? You know, you want to just go and get another centre half for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. There is no point to doing that. Um, I would again, I would be in mixed camp. I, I, I would, I just do not see a six, eight, ten million pound player coming in now because Celtic have spent. As Mick says, I must have said as Mick says about 26 times. You know, Carter Vickers and Jota, just because they were there before, there was a lot of money spent to keep them. So money, I, I just I just don't see another big one. Uh, I'm, I'm in the camp of thinking that there will be some subtle additions when guys leave, but nothing too spectacular, I think. And showed in January, got the majority of his business done early. He had a quote the other week where he said some like the Deal the bulk of the business or the key part of the business has been done already, so it's now just subtle, subtle tweaks and additions. I think that's neat. He bought he brought in seventeen players last se- last season. He's put he built built a pretty much apart from perhaps I mean Callum Callum McGregor. It's now in, in an entirely new starting eleven. Um, so you're now looking where's the money getting spent and where does it go into the first the first eleven? Um, you're not going to not going to buy something to replace a Matt O'Reilly or. Or a Kyogo, a Yakimakis, a Jota, a Bada. You've got James Forrest still there as well. Juranovic right back. You bought a new left back, new centre half, two new, well, three new centre halves, really. Um, so where where does the money go? I mean, you're talking about spending eight, ten million pounds to replace guys who've already been bought in in the last twelve months. So I don't I don't see the need for it. Um, I think if they get a chance of a kind of an exciting loan deal, like a young guy from from English market, um, that could come in. Um, then yeah, I think they'll I think they'll jump at it. Um, but there's not the same there's not the same usual demand and panic. Certainly this 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 transfer window to go out and, and chase chase signs. I think they're in fairly decent shape. And as and as you, as you know yourself, Michael, we've talked about it many times. The domino effect that I speak about in the medical round doesn't really kick in in the last week. No, when, when you know people are on the phone now. Agents are getting calls. They're trying to barter for another couple of extra grand a week. Everybody's trying to get a deal down. But at some point, there's a breaking point where about five days before the window closes, somebody makes the first move, bang, and then everything starts to trickle down after that. Uh, say, for instance, there's a brilliant young defensive central midfield player at Manchester United. Manchester United is a bad example, given their shambles. Say Arsenal, um, a brilliant young defensive midfield player there that's, that, that's not available for a loan just now, but Arsenal go and get somebody. Five days before the window closes, and then he becomes a failure. It just starts to become the knock-on effect. We've oh. all seen it a million times. Listen, Celtic aren't immune either to somebody coming in and looking. at the, I mean, look, we're, 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 you're not thinking this summer. There's not been a lot of talk about Celtic players picked interest for. I'm not entirely sure why not, but especially in England, when clubs in their season started, and there's already teams that are under a bit of pressure in, in England after one weekend. Who's to say that they're not going to say, Do you know what, Callum McGregor is 28, 29 years old. There's a twenty-five pound million pound bid. Look at Jota in the last fortnight. Think you know what? We can get him for twenty million quid. It might be that someone's going to come and chat the door in the next two weeks. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody tries something with a. I mean, there was some whispers about Matt Aureli attracting attention down south already as well. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody came in, especially the English market shows no signs of easing up in terms of, of finances, and teams now in the, the bottom half of the Premier League, England. Are throwing mega money at signings. I wouldn't be shocked if, if there's a phone call or two made in the last week of the window um, to Celtic, which means Celtic have to have guys lined up because they might have to. I mean, if, say if, there's a, if a silly money comes in bid for a player at Celtic, 
they're, they're not immune to that. I mean, it's it's a settled squad, and they all seem particularly content to be where they are just now. But if you're getting offered 70, 80 grand a week somewhere down south, that's going to make you look. Um, and likewise, if you're the Celtic board and something's about £20 million plus bid for someone, you're going to have a look. Mm-hmm. So they have to be ready to jump in case of that scenario. I think that's also has... It's not something that's really been spoken about this summer at Celtic for whatever reason, but it's something they have to be wary of. I guess... Well, going be, sorry, Daniel, there's going to be good succession planning as well because you saw in January how good this is. You know, we weren't aware of it at the time, but we, we, you saw subsequently, obviously, Neil Beaton and Tom Rogic left. Ange Postacoglu had already replaced them in January. Yeah. Matt yeah. O'Reilly and Boatati. He was ahead of the game. Yeah. I would be pretty sure Celtic right now are sourcing Europe for a right back. Just in case, Joseph Janarovic is an outstanding Champions League, plays for Croatia in the World Cup, and they get to the World Cup final again. What sort of telephone numbers are you going to go off of him? Yeah. And then that's, that's, that's where Postacoglu looks to be ahead of the game here. I think, in terms <laughs> of his point about. about the summer, I think he's right in terms of English clubs making calls or someone making calls. I think Celtic in a strong position just now because of the Champions League. Because if you're Celtic, you're thinking, well, why am I going to let someone go just now for X when I've got six group games where they could shine? And then what Then were they worth? Yeah. I mean, Chris Dembele scored two goals against Manchester City and was suddenly worth 20 million quid. Yeah. But they're, they're, 20 million quid for scoring hat-tricks against Inverness. Yeah. But you can't always control the market. That's no, you can't. Because, because if a Crystal Palace or a, a Bournemouth or Everton or these teams say there's 25 million quid for one of your top players, you've got an issue there, regardless of when and where it happens. Um, so when that window's open, there's, you're, always in, you're always in danger uh, of that happening. Um, and you have to be nimble to get to react quickly. I mean, we've seen windows in the past. Celtic players sold late in windows. Then Belly went. But they had Edward on the books. Van Dyke well, as well. These things happen. Um, and you have to be ready for it. The slight difference there, Mick, I would say, was certainly with Van Dyke was um, that was more a case of, you know, not reaching the Champions League group stages and having to then sell a big gun. Yeah, sure, sure. Cover the loss. Uh, yeah. Now, Virgil Van Dyke wanted to leave anyway and was, there, and was probably only there at the end of the qualifiers because Celtic told him you need to stay through the qualifiers yeah. uh, to try and the club get through. But I take your point fully. I just no. think this year, actually in the group stages, yeah, but I just there's so much there's so much money swimming around down south that, that there is clubs that are going to be looking to try and pick up players frantically yeah. in the next few weeks. You can Im- you imagine this if this season, Michael. You imagine it was this season in Celtic. What's the last? What's the date? Of the last Champions League qualifier, the twenty fourth August. Then you would be into that same scenario that Celtic were in between the twenty fourth and the thirty first. Right, which big guns going to fund it if they don't make it? And that's the great thing. It's not there for Celtic this year. They don't have to worry about that. They've got the money. But again, yeah. I take on, I take your point on board. Someone throws silly money, as yeah. English clubs have been known to do. I guess um, uh, time will tell, guys. We've just got just over three weeks left in the window. Um, but in the meantime, I think that brings us to the end of today's Record Celtic podcast. I should say for everyone listening, you can find us at Record Sport on Facebook, at Record underscore Sport on Twitter, and at Daily Record underscore Sport on Instagram. Guys, it's always a pleasure. No problem. All the best, chaps. And, uh, see you guys. And thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Cheers. Bye.